Bill Hartman, wasn't he in Jingle All the Way? He was also in Jingle All the Way. Dude, when he was talking about his wife's cookie, his character is the yeah. shit, that dude. Like, mmm. Like, <laughs> hey there, Dad. Like, he's like, <laughs> Bill Hartman's the shit, dude. I think she's in the shower. You want me to go check? No. <laughs> I think she's in the shower. Will we go check? He was shot in the head in his bed by his wife. If you brought money for all of them, I'll cut you a deal. You can take them all off my hands. No, I'm going to kill you. We're talking about the guest. We're talking about Jingle All the Way. Yeah, let's, we're going to pivot. We're going to talk about Jingle All the Way. 2000. 14, Dylan, not 2018. I don't know Last, where I got that from. I'm looking it up at work, and that's when I text you. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and it's like um, like an Indian movie or something like that. Or I don't remember what it was. It was some for it was a foreign movie. I was like, there's no way this can be it. There's no way he's gonna make me watch something with like, I can't find with subtitles or something. This can't be right. It, was, it said 2018, the guest. And then I saw like a TV show. I'm like, what? And then I see the two. I was like, he has to have meant 2014. I really hope that's what it is. And when you told me last week you wanted to watch The Guest, I've never heard of it before. And uh, so what? What I found out before getting into it, we have to address it right up front. This is not labeled a horror movie. It's Made, I, I've seen action, I've seen mystery, and the big thing, I, the closest I've seen, thriller. True. But I completely agree with why this works and why, because even in, so I read a little bit about this movie, and uh, I believe the director even said, let me see if I can find it. Uh, the film is intentionally structured as a horror film with the pace of a thriller. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that I guess this is set around Halloween time. There's yeah. pumpkins and shit in the house. They go to a Halloween party and whatnot. So, so at first I was a little bit like, wait a second, what did I call it? I was going to say uh, thrill, uh, movie thrillers with Jeff and Dillers or something, <laughs> something oh like that. God. Is this a, a spinoff episode? But um. Uh, when did like when why and where when did this pop into your did you just see this on Netflix and you're like hey I'm gonna give this a go because you are that type of guy if it seems the plot seems interesting you'll click on something you've never heard of before and you'll just you'll go for it you're very optimistic well um I actually kind of have like a convoluted uh, timeline with how I kind of came to finally watch this I like the director because 
Yeah, I've heard uh, my my friend Michael. He's told me a lot about him, and uh, Adam Wingard is his name. And he's actually like a pretty chill dude, from what I hear. He's actually like a a guy kind of just like you and me. And my friend Mike, like just laid back, like he just likes to make movies and does his own thing. He's not he's not pretentious and pompous about his shit, which is really cool. So I heard about him. He also has a movie called um, Oh Fuck. You're next. I don't know if you heard of that. I've heard of it, yeah. Um, which I think did got really great reviews. I've seen that too. We'll talk about that another time. He also did the remake or reboot sequel, whatever, of Blair Witch Project. Um, oh. And anyways, there's this YouTube group, YouTube channel I follow called Red Letter Media. Probably my favorite YouTube channel ever. Um, and. I watched an interview a long time ago or one of their episodes where they reviewed this movie a little bit with the screenwriter, Simon Barrett. And it piqued my interest and nothing was spoiled for me. So I was just like, okay, I, I stopped listening to the episode cause I wanted to watch it. So I went to Netflix and added it to my queue cut to like three years later. I still never watched it. Um, and then something happened to where I heard, because recently, when I mentioned it to you last episode and, like, chose this to watch it, I had just watched it a week before that for the first time ever. Um, it was sitting up, been sitting on my Netflix queue forever. And one day just something happened and I just sat down and I watched it while I was home by myself. And it quickly became one of my favorite movies. Um, not just horror movie, but just, like, in general. Um, and I thought it was really cool and unique and different, uh, exciting. I didn't know about the Halloween setting, so that was a pleasant find. You know, you start the movie up and you're like, oh shit, okay, this is set at Halloween. And it was just a lot of fun. So it just, I couldn't stop thinking about it for days. And so when we did our episode and I won the trivia thing and I got to pick the movie, even though I guess technically it's not labeled a horror movie. I thought it fit, so that's why I picked it for us to talk about. I definitely think it gets a uh, it gets a pass. Like I said, when I looked at, when I saw that it was a thriller, I think that's close. And then with the Halloween setting, and then reading how it was actually structured to kind of be a horror film through a thriller or whatever. Um, so you told me about this movie. Um, it was a few days later after that. I was like, okay, I need to watch this. And obviously, you know, free time does not come easily. And this was late at night. The kids were asleep. The wife was asleep. And it was finally like, oh, man. And I, before that, I was like downstairs hanging out with my wife. And I was dozing off. I like nodding out. Like, you know, that you did a thing where like when you're in school and you catch yourself. And it's like, yeah. you hate that feeling so much. So she goes to bed. I was like, all right, I'm going to stay up a little bit longer. I'll finish my drink, and then I'll probably be upstairs. Then I'm laying there. I'm laying on the couch. I'm like, I don't feel like going upstairs. I'm just going to watch something. I'm going to go to sleep on the couch. Had a blanket. I was just comfy. So I was like, oh, maybe I could watch this movie, which you would think is kind of a bad idea. I need to talk about this movie. I need to cover it. But I was like, here, when I fall, if I fall asleep during this movie – which seems to be likely I'll pick up where I left off and I can at least say like I started it and I'll have the motivation to continue watching it. What happened was picture I'm 
completely laid, sprawled out on the couch, laid down, pillow, everything. And my eyes are heavy, and I start watching this movie. And the beginning, there's no, like, um, here's what happened. You don't um, – It we, we're right into it when this movie starts. Yeah, yeah. This movie's called The Guest, and um, – the plot you wanna, is a, yeah, can you give the plot first before I go sure. any further? A soldier introduces himself to the Peterson family, claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action. After the young man is welcomed into their home, a series of accidental deaths seem to be connected to his presence. Um, yeah, so like, let me just, before we get any further, for those of you that have not seen this movie, um, please go watch it before you listen to us talk about it. Because uh, this is definitely one of those ones where I think if you know anything about it, if it's spoiled at all, I uh, I think a lot, it, the, it loses a lot from that first time watch if you know what happens or anything. So, Yes, yes. Before we go any further, please watch this. So back to me on the couch, completely tired. I start this movie and this guy shows up to the door of the parents of the deceased guy from the army or whatever, son, yeah. the son. And I'm laying down and I'm watching it. And 10, 15 minutes in, now I'm sitting up. This is no bullshit. This is like, now I'm sitting up. I'm, I was interested and hooked so quickly. Cut to 20 minutes in, I had another drink pour. And I watched this entire movie with bated breath all the way to the credits. Uh, usually I like to kind of keep our final stuff towards the end, which a lot of it we will, but spoiler alert, I really, really love this movie. And it's something I would have never watched. Yeah. Unless you would have told me about it. Like I said, I didn't know what the hell it was. I would have never, I would have saw that on Netflix at the very most. There's a chance I could have put it in my queue. I would have never clicked on it. I would have watched another episode of the office or supernatural or the Grinch or something I've seen a thousand times. But this movie had me captivated instantly, and I stayed attentive the entire way through. And this movie, I thought, moved very well. Well, yeah, I mean, so, like, what you were saying about Never Watched, I mean, you know, like I said, I heard some YouTube, uh, Red Letter Media talk about it, and so that kind of told me, like, oh, I'll probably like it then. Um, but up until that, I had seen... Um, not the main poster, because I like the main poster, but like I'd always seen the Blu-ray design cover for it, and it made it look not at all what the movie's really like. It made it seem more like an action thriller, you know, something along those lines. And I just said, oh, I don't care about a military guy coming home and, you know, Jason Bourne shit. Um, so I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I stumbled upon those reviews and actually went and watched this, because... The, even the plot can be a little misleading. You know, it's really not about like Jeff, like you said, when he, he we jump right into it. He shows up at the family's home. He's just like, yeah, I knew your son. They don't talk about how the son died. They don't talk. They don't show any of that because it's not important. Like no. all it, that's just to get our character, the main character who is Dan Stevenson or Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Um, who? What's his name? Is a David, I think. David. Main character there with his family. And he's just like, I made a promise to your son or we made a promise to each other that if one of us died, we go help the 
other one's family out or something. Mm-hmm. But he's just something about him seems off. And the mom says, well, please stay here. Obviously, everyone's still like dealing with uh, the son's death. It's a mom, a dad, uh, and then two teenage kids, one daughter, one brother. The brother's the youngest, but they're both like, what, 18, 15, somewhere in there? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in high school. Yeah. Both of them. Forget their names, but uh, – and the, but yeah, it, it hooks you right in from the fucking like – I was hooked literally from like the first opening shot where it's just David – the back of David's head as he's running – and then it cuts to the title card, The Guest, which is cool because uh, apparently the screenwriter said they used, like, John Carpenter font, like, font from one of John Carpenter's movies, which is kind of cool. Right. Uh, you know, because of the Halloween connections. Um, so I was just hooked right from the get-go with this motherfucker showing up, and it's just like... Because what this movie really does well is it hooks you on, like, what the main premise is. You know, this guy showing up... So right away you're thinking like, okay, well, how did the son die? Or, you know, how were they really best friends? But so you're thinking about that. So you're hooked because you want to find that out. But then like as the movie goes along, you kind of forget about those things and stop caring about those questions because you're just more like you get – you ask start asking new questions like, okay, what is David doing? Like what is happening? And then like you finally get to the point where you're – that moment comes where it's like kind of the backstory of David and it's very like thin it's very skim but you don't care at least in my opinion at that point you're just like okay like holy fuck like it's not important <laughs> well this movie is one of the descriptors is mystery and this did mystery in a very unique way that I really enjoyed like exactly what you said it had you asking and i did the same thing i was asking all these questions to myself I'm like i wonder what's this and what's this but here's the thing it's a mystery this movie you don't need sometimes when you take the time and you answer every little question and, exactly. and then it seems so forced i mean what's worse than when there's like a, a dialogue between two characters where it's like oh and then he did this, and then this is how he came from here. And then it seems so like, oh my god, they couldn't figure out a way to tell the audience, so they basically just had the actors say it. And it comes off so forced, and this leaves a lot of shit open, and I love that. And that's what the screenwriter said, is that they originally had like a whole nother scene or dialogue planned out for the main mm-hmm. guy, or the, I don't even know his character's name, the general guy or whatever, to tell the daughter. Something, something Carver, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So you should remember. And uh, the screen editor said they, I think they did like a test showing, and audiences said they didn't like that, which is so fucking fantastic because I was waiting for that this whole movie to be like, okay, who the fuck is David? Why is he doing what he's doing? And then when that moment finally came, and all it was was like literally, I think like two sentences. Yeah. I was just like, fucking a yes, like thank God it's not some. Oh, he was a part of a program that, you know, enhanced his biological DNA and. Oh God, yeah, we injected God. him with, it, yeah. Because it doesn't um, matter. All that matters is this situation that's happening, and um, it's just so it, it it's so fantastic and like the build up, and I don't know, I don't even know, like I don't even know how to talk about this movie, just because. Yeah, I thought this would be a tricky one 
to talk about as well. The one thing that came to my mind with what you were just saying is uh, think of the original Halloween, the mystery behind like why Michael Myers is doing this. Why is like, uh, we don't need to answer that at the end of the day, he's pure evil and we can just enjoy the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something that with this mystery thriller, they did a version of that really well. It had, they hit something really correct in this movie, in my opinion. And I'm surprised upon finally watching it. I haven't heard of it before. It's that good. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if it did. I don't think it did well. Um, and I think people, I mean, it's probably got a good cult following, but I don't think a lot of people understand it. I think they probably see it as like a cheap Jason Bourne ripoff or something like that, or a Terminator ripoff, which I mean, it's definitely inspired by the Terminator. Even the screenwriter, he said that it was like inspired by the Terminator meets Halloween three. And which they had a reference to. At, or towards the end, they had both the three main masks of from Season of the Witch, the Jack yeah. Lantern, the Skeleton, and whatnot. That was like in the background at some point, which I thought was another cool little Easter egg. But yeah, I can totally, totally picture that. Um, That's what I told McKenna, my girlfriend. I said, "This looks this uh, right after the movie." I said, "Babe, this is kind of like uh, the Terminator meets like John Carpenter and Halloween and shit." And then it was so funny because I went back and watched that interview with the screenwriter, and that's exactly what he said. And I said, well, you guys fucking nailed it then because – Wow. So you thought that before you even heard that? Yep. Because wow. I stopped the – because I when I watched that interview the first time whenever I first heard about this movie, I stopped it because I didn't want spoilers. So then after this movie, I finally went back and watched that interview, and uh, he said it towards the end. And I was just like, son of a bitch. You guys fucking nailed it then because – and that's what I really like about this movie is it, it it starts off as one thing and then kind of becomes another. And then when you get to the point <laughs> where shit fucking dude happens, you're just like, oh, OK, holy fuck. Did not see any of this coming. Well, that's the thing. Credit to Dan Stevens. Oh, yeah. Uh, huge credit to Dan Stevens, because, like I said, it be it does hit that point where some shit starts happening and you're like, oh, okay, well, here we go. But he's so captivating, and let's face it, very good-looking man, has piercing eyes. The close-up shots, I think I read that uh, they didn't show him like blinking a lot. That yeah. was on purpose. All that shit, he, there was something like off about him, but there's something awesome. Like, he comes off like a badass he's charismatic too you just charismatic yeah and like when he's helping the the young i think his name's luke i believe it's luke does that sound right and he's getting picked on a boy at school and he kind of uh acts like an older brother to him and he's just staying in this house the way he carries himself i mean there's a scene i know we're jumping around i'd like to go a little bit more over so people have an idea um but there's a scene at the halloween party where the mom tells her daughter, come on, bring David with you. Bring him with you to the party. And she kind of reluctantly is fine. And he ends up hooking up with a girl there, and they're having sex. And she's like, are you, like, into Like, it doesn't seem like you're into this. He goes, oh, no, I'm into it. And he just takes control and puts her on his back. And you're like, 
damn it. And he just got done beating up like her ex-boyfriend. Like, getting, oh, yeah. like, it's like, fuck dude. Like you just, well, what's cool <laughs> is the movie gets you immediately like on David's side to where you're like, I don't really know what's going on. If he's like a bad guy or what's happening, but I'm on his side. <laughs> um, which is awesome because when we get towards the end of the movie, you're just like, fuck, I, you don't know what to think. Cause you still love David, but it gets a little murkier. Um, but yeah, it's cool that we get to see him. Like he bonds with a sister. We see him bond with Luke, the brother for sure. He winds up giving him uh, uh, a knife to defend himself with. He even beats up the bullies at a bar, which is a fucking pretty dope scene. Well, the mom tells him to go pick up Luke from school. Oh, yeah. And he shows up, like, with a bloody nose or whatever it was. And he, the way David even talks, he goes, like, who did this? Is it them? And you see him, his, is it them? And when Luke points to who it is, his eyes lock onto them and stays with them, like Terminator-esque, and follows the car. They follows it to a bar, like, come on, we're going in. And you're just like, fuck, dude. Like, I was, like, on the edge of my seat. There's something, like... When they get, do you know how forced badass characters could be in movies? Yeah. Where it's like that guy, you know, I always thought he was kind of a Streisand, but he, <laughs> the old. No, this comes off comes off effortlessly. Like. Yes. You you buy it. You're yeah. it's fun. It's fun as shit. So then yeah, he goes in and be, like beats the hell out of all the bullies, pays for their drinks, and not even we're not even saying every, any everything in the scene, but there's so much more to it that's so awesome because he, he finds out that the bartender has been giving them drinks illegally and he already had his plan of why he's going to get away with kicking all their asses too it's it's and he smart fucks it's those bad. bullies up <laughs> like he leaves them all laying oh it's broken, so good broken limbs uh it's so much fun that and um that the i want to blow he like buys the girls blowjob shots or whatever and then he he's like well you want to get a, the drinks for the guys and he's like ah why would i want to do that right so he basically how I mean, come on how badass is this he sits down at the bar and tells the bartender i like to buy shots for all the girls at the table and they're with their guys at the table so he just buys all the girl shots <laughs> says it's from them <laughs> and that's when it starts to fight the boys come over and try you know throw the drinks in their, his face or whatever and then shit's on but you get this, you start, like, it's like a bad guy, a cool bad guy in wrestling. Like, he's a heel, and you're supposed to boo him, but he's too damn cool. You can't yeah. boo him. I mean, that's what a lot of horror villains became, where it got to the point where you started rooting for the killers. Like, they're yeah. so cool that you want them to win. They did that so quickly with this movie, established that, and... Spoiler alert, this whole movie goes, and I never turn back on that. It ends with me still thinking, God, he's a, so badass. You yeah. know, usually it gets to the end, and you're rooting for them to, like, oh, well, f- kill that guy or forget that. No, I was with him till the end. He was just so, I mean, yeah, we're, I don't want to get too ahead of my reasoning why, but this is a tough movie to talk about and explain and go through. Kind of. I feel like we're all over the map. I hope people can keep with us, especially... This is one, guys, once again, please watch this one. This is... I think this, more than any episode we've done, you gotta watch to keep up with this episode. 
to... <laughs> well, then just do yourself a favor. I mean, if yes, it, it's a, it's a nice find. It's different. It might, you know, obviously it draws from a lot of things: the Terminator, Halloween, John Carpenter films. Um, but it, it's just so different and original and well done. And Dan Stevens is great in it, but so is the rest of the cast. I can't think of their names, but they're fantastic. To where everyone's really likable. I was I was kind of wor- uh, worried when they brought in like the general guy because I said, okay, here we go, like same the government and but the way they do it and it, it I loved it and I didn't mind it because they didn't make a big deal about it. The movie's really simple. It's not complicated to understand. Uh, Dan Stevens comes home to help this family out because presumably he's friends with the the dead son, but we never get a any kind of uh, confirmation or backstory on that. And then the whole movie is just him helping out the family any way he can, which starts to get a little bit more sinister. Um, well, just so you don't think that the family is a group of dumbasses to where a guy just shows up at the door, says, I'm friends with your son. And that was it. There, what he came in, there was a picture of him with their yeah. son, Caleb. So they do cover, you know, a lot of these movies, and even like, the dad's worried about it too. It he's like, we're he just was, gonna let him stay here. Like, what the yes. fuck? He, I loved how he was against it, and then I loved his relationship with David as it went on. Yeah, like he started treating, kind of being fatherly to him, and I loved their dynamic. They would drink beers together. Like, I'm gonna get, like, get another beer. Let's have one more, and do, and it became like this new. I don't know, man. I I know I'm like fawning all over this movie, but I feel like it hit a lot of things. Just dead well, on. Well, what's so dope about that shit? Seeing each family member develop this really nice relationship with David because you're already rooting for him, but you know something's off. You're like, what the? I don't know what it is, but something's off with what's happening. But they have genuine, it's not like forced. They have genuine mm-hmm. relationships with this guy, and it pays off in the end because <laughs> when we get to yeah. a, few, a little <clears throat> well, bit to, later. It pays off because it makes you go, like, it just fucking oh, hits you hard. Fuck. Well, yeah, to set that up, to piggyback on what you just said, I love how I feel like he has a relationship with the mother who is obviously motherly, grieving, and just wants to bring him in. You're any friend of my son, blah, blah, blah. They have that relationship. Then you had the reluctant father who is kind of looking at David as this maybe an older son who can drink that he lost. And there's like that, you know, that dynamic there. And then you have the older brother dynamic with the the boy, Luke, of the family. And the then you have the, the younger brother. And then you have the teenage daughter who is obviously like she's into like doing some things. She could get in trouble. She smokes pot, has a shithead boyfriend. And but kind of gets to her core to where, you know, she's a little like, who's this guy? Like, oh, you're calling me ma'am? And all that stuff. But then next thing you know, they have a relationship where, hey, they're in the car together. Like, hey, I like this song. And she makes him a mixed CD. And she, I, he has a, a specific and different dynamic with every member of the family. That's very interesting. So no matter who he's in a scene with, it's interesting and it works. Yeah. And that's brilliant. And then also, like, you just get little bits of mystery. Like, remember when, um, the mom showed him to the room and he walks in and as soon as she shuts the door, he just like sits on the bed and just sits there, doesn't move, just stares. 
Mm-hmm. And that's like before he even meets any of the family. So you're like, what the fuck is up with this dude? <laughs> like, what, what is going on? And then you kind of forget about that for a little while because it's just about him building these relationships with these family members. And he goes to that party, like you said, with the daughter and winds up ho- hooking up with one of her friends after he helps her out. Um, Smashes her boyfriend's face against the wall, kicks his ass, and the, obviously the girlfriend's just looking at him like, oh, we're we're going to fuck now. Which, if you see him, and some guy tried to push me around, and he smashed that guy's head against the wall, I'd be like, well, this is, I guess, if you're down... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, a very important thing that we one part that we definitely have to touch on is after he gets done instantly banging this girl that he just met being the coolest guy at the party, he sits down with one of the friends of the group at the party. He's like a drug dealer. It's like a drug dealer, but he also asks for guns. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. He's like, I need to buy. Yeah, is that what he needed to buy a gun, or he was trying to get a bunch of weapons? No, he, it was just a gun, but he ended up getting more weapons, like grenades. Well, well, he said, I need to buy a gun or something. So then a little bit later, the drug dealer brings David out to the middle of— This takes place in, like, New Mexico or something, so kind of deserty okay. or something. They looked takes, like they were at, like, a— uh, uh, What, not a dump, but, like, a— the setting was where do you I actually don't I thought it was like were. a rock canyon. a junkyard oh I thought it was like a yeah rock canyon I thought it was around like a junkyard or some shit so Figure David it. shows up with and the drug dealer has his other friend there with like a van and they talk for a second and David just fucking starts to get a little creepy um mm-hmm. and the 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 main guy with the van starts showing him all the weapons grenade two grenades um, a bunch of handguns a mach- uh, some assault rifle. And then David, uh, does he take the, no, he doesn't have any guns yet. He's just like, well, I'll take them all. And the guy's like, well, well, shit. I mean, yeah, if you got the money, he's like, no, I plan to kill you. And then the drug dealer's like, well, what the fuck, David? And then the other guy pulls a gun on him and David just fucking so quick snatches the gun from shoots the guy in the head. Of course, there's only one bullet in the gun. So the other guy starts running. And I don't know, this shit happened so fast where I was just like, holy fuck. Yeah, you're still like, oh, we took a turn. Because keep in mind, we know there's something a little off. Something seems weird, and we're waiting for the turn. And Dave is messing with all the guns. Like, Obviously, he's very uh, well in tuned with how they work and how to operate them. And yeah, I think he says, like, yeah, I'll take them all. He goes, no, I think I'll... You know, take them or for free or like whatever you said. Yeah, or, like, I'll oh, kill you. I think I'll kill you. Like, what? So yeah, caps him. And then the guy he met at the party, middleman, takes off running. And David looks almost like, ah, all right. And just what a well, cool he scene. calmly he's goes and over running. and like loads the like loads the gun as he's running at full speed away. The other guy, yeah. And then <laughs> and he's just David calmly. just turns and shoots and. Kills him and takes everything, all the guns, including the grenades. Um, so, and then we still don't get any information. We're just like, what the fuck was that about? And then that's when the um, David's on the phone or something, and the sister overhears in the kitchen, 
the daughter. Mm. Remember that? And then she gets suspicious. So then there's a little bit of like her. She goes digging around. She calls up the military asking about him. And then that's what alerts this government agent guy named Carver. And he assembles a team for some reason to go go to New Mexico to. We assume David uh, after David. And then um, there's like some nice. I'm just, it's one of those things I don't want to talk about because it's just about her like trying to figure out who the fuck David is. But then what's really cool is she finds she, she finds out that David was killed or something like that or that's not really David. Mm-hmm. And she brings it up during like a family argument because her boy because they find the two guys that David killed out in the desert dead. And it looks like her boyfriend is being framed for it and in jail. So, like, she's telling her parents about it, and her dad's just like, good, because, you know, he's a scumbag. And then she brings up that David's, you know, not really David, and the shit she found out talking to the military. And David just is able to come up with some excuse, like, oh, yeah, it was part of my cover. Like, and the parents are just like, yeah, you owe him an apology. He, well, he sh- he shows like his dog tags and whatnot, oh, yeah. like so it comes off very like oh, as if she was definitely wrong. Like he had a very good alibi or good story, which made it more interesting. But it plays into that horror trope of like when adults don't believe their children when scary shit's happening. Right, right. So that's another reason I think this movie is more of a horror thriller than it is just an action thriller, or any mystery. I think it's a genuine horror movie because. It's once you get through the movie and you think back on it, you're like, that is a fucking horrifying situation. Yeah. Oh, another thing to go back to that his his first kills in this movie, uh, I think it was very smart for him to kill people that you can kind of chalk up as, I mean, they were drug dealers and gun, you know, smugglers, yeah, smugglers. So <clears throat> you weren't exactly like it's not like he instantly was just like went out back to the shed and like capped the mom, the loving mom. You're like, Oh no, he's definitely a bad guy or he's awful. It by him killing kind of bad people, it makes you kind of, and then the addition to the shitty boyfriend of the daughter being put in jail and framed for it. You can still toy. Like I said, this is why it makes it such a good mystery movie. Now in your head, you could be thinking, Oh, this guy's here. Maybe here's a thought that people could have had the dead son, Caleb, could have told this person like protect my family at all costs blah blah blah. and he showed up and he's just taking it to extreme measures he's going to eradicate all the bad shitty people that surround his family maybe he's taking it too far right it makes you think that's what is great about mystery it makes you think like that that's what i was thinking during it like i was like oh maybe he was here to eradicate maybe he's taking it too far but he's here to like get all the shitty people get the boyfriend out of the picture maybe he just killed these people bad people to get the boyfriend out of the picture who knows but then of course it continues and it's like whoa well then the the dad comes home one day and says that his boss has been found dead with his girlfriend and it looks like a suicide homicide whatever and he's gotten the promo he's gotten his jo- boss's yeah. job now he's been promoted yeah and so obvious like the audience knows oh shit it was david um and then even luke the younger brother kind of figures out it was David and confronts him about it. But he's like, I wouldn't tell anybody because you're my friend. And 
David gets cold for a second, but then he's just like, cracks a smile. And he's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Who told you that? Like he needs, basically what you find out is he is pretty much, I don't know, what would you say designed is a good word or like designed to eradicate anything that could go against him and his identity. He's like almost built to anything that could be possible to giving away his identity, no matter what, whether he wants to do it or not, he's like built to get rid of. Yeah. Like almost like brainwashed to like anything that goes against his mission or like could blow his cover or anything like that. It's like annihilated. And which is gnarly. Well, we don't get that until a little bit later, mm-hmm. but when we do get it, like it, it makes sense. It's quick. It's not this, like, like we said, it's not this long drawn out. Oh, he was part of an elite team that, you know, the, the medicine went bad and now he's no, none of that shit matters. It's just like, okay, he was obviously a part of something that like brainwashed him into this, like elite, like military mindset of, Nothing can blow my cover. Like, I have a mission to carry out. Like, nothing can stop me from doing that, and I'll annihilate anything that... Cool. We get it. Makes total sense. And that's what makes shit so fucking terrifying, because we've seen him develop these relationships with these uh, family members. The younger brother really loves David. Looks Mm -hmm. at him like an older brother. The daughter, not so much. She's become very uh, weary of David because of the murders, her boyfriend being framed. Um, and she thinks David's responsible for all of it, which she's right. But finally we get to the scene, the sequence, where David and the mom are out folding clothes, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, they're out at like a clothes a clothesline. And, and she, basically the mom's even saying like how she like likes having him there or some shit like that. Or what would I have done without you around and whatnot. And we see government cars speeding up to the house. I guess that's kind of another little homage to uh, Halloween, if you think about it. Oh, the sheets. uh, Yeah, the sheets and the clothesline and shit like that. Well, you know that, um, like, one of the decorations that they show, the Halloween decorations, is, like, looks just like one of the ones from the Halloween 4 intro. Like, it's, like, one of the things that has, like, six arms. It's, like... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's that's cool. (laughs) I I love shit like that real throughout this movie. That's so cool. But David goes inside the house for some reason. And then we see these cars speeding up and the Carver general gets out with a bunch of armed fucking military guys. And they're like, are you Mrs. Peterson? We're looking for David. So-and-so um, she's like, well, he was just, he's in the house and you see Carver get real fucking yeah. tense quick. Like what? And then they spot David through the sheets, holding, he's holding, a- holding a basket of laundry, like a wicker basket. of. It's such, it's a cool looking shot too. And he just makes dead eye contact with them, and then doesn't he, doesn't he have a gun on him? So he just pulls out a gun and shoots one of them right away, dead. Oh, it's yeah, it starts pretty quick. Yeah, and so <sighs> the mom runs into the house, or I think, and David runs and jumps into his bedroom and grabs the assault rifle from underneath his bed, and there's just a fire firefight, like it's a dope fucking. Really well done little action sequence of just bullets well, flying. Within this, there's a point where you know he's capping a lot of these guys coming after him, 
and they pull out like a big heavy duty like oh my god yes and he rolls his eyes like okay this is what i got to deal with i don't that's so subtle i love that though he's just like david it wasn't like oh shit it was just like yeah, this is gonna be a pain in the ass it's fun and you're still yes. rooting for this guy even though you don't understand what's happening you don't understand if the government is bad or if david's bad even though he's been murdering people so it's like uh what's happening but just it's so much fun and you you just don't want to see him obviously get killed so he he caps a few of them he manages to get out of the bedroom and he's in the kitchen with the mom and she's like david what is going on and he's just like i'm sorry mrs peterson like i really didn't want this to happen um, I really did know your son. Um, we were in the same program or something like that. And he'd understand what I have to do here. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, ah, it takes too long to explain, which I love. Instead of having him like do this long fucking like, well, me and him, you know, we we're part of this program. And yeah, she, he's just like, ah, it would take too long to explain. Um, isn't that when he grabs a knife and she she looks at him? And then she's like, help! And he fucking stabs her. Uh, Kills her dead. <laughs> and, dude, when that happened, my jaw just went fucking... Oh, I hit the floor. And... I did not see that coming. It's so good, because it did seem like... It's like, ah, he did not want to do it. If he had it his way, he would not. But that's what made it so that's what made it work so well is that, but this is what I have to do. It's not even a second thought. I have to, don't want to, but I have to. Well, at this point, we don't know yet that the backstory of David quote, quote backstory, we no. don't know that little bit of information. So we're still just like, what the fuck is happening? So he managed to kill almost every government agent, except the general Carver guy. Uh, David runs outside, gets into a car, speeds off. The general manages to get another vehicle and pursue him, but his tires are all shot out. David shot him out on the way out yep. as he drove out, which was another smart, cool, cool move. Um, so we And it's a long stretch of road. We see David going down, and he sees the dad, Mr. Peterson, coming back. And David just cocks his head and then, like, puts his seatbelt on and just fucking revs up. And then Mr. Peterson kind of sees who it is uh. at the last minute and... David fucking smashes right into the front of Mr. Peterson's car, fucks up both cars. And, uh, dude, I said my jaw <laughs> hit the floor before, but when this happened, I just, I shook my head and I was just like, holy fuck. I had yeah. Like, oh. It's so fucking good though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's great. But I just shook my head cause I'm like, holy fuck. I don't know what to feel right now. Cause by the way, the dad was fucking like likable dude. Oh yeah. He was he was cool, like so when he like smashed into a head first and then got out and like went over to the door to finish him off. It's an, another scene where David like didn't want to do it, but he was almost kind of like oh fuck like of course like I have to like you have to be on your way home like you gotta go too now because you're here and and the dad's all fucked up sitting in the car and just looks at David and David just shoots him. <laughs> And it's and it's not I don't know the way they shot it too it's just so fucking brutal and now you're you're at a loss of words because you're like I don't understand what's happening <laughs> at, yeah at this point you're just like what the fuck why is this guy on just on a rampage and so now once again 
back to the mystery portion of this movie, you're thinking like, did he just have a vendetta against his family or what is going on? And I think at this point, does Carver is his initial reaction is to go and get the daughter, the, like the kids now. Yeah, I think as so. Opposed Cause to I know he, he winds it up. Somehow he meets up with the daughter. I forget. And they're talking in the car and he tells her that her parents are dead and that they have to go pick up the brother who's got detention and is setting up the Halloween dance for the high school. And that's when we get the information that he's like, I run a government program that David and Caleb were a part of. And it doesn't dive into it deep. Like we've been saying, it's just a quick line or two where it says David's designed to annihilate anything that threatens his mission or his identity or his cover or something like that. And he's like, unfortunately your parents, you know, fell within that you know whatever yeah um he's like but now he's gonna kill has to kill you and has to kill luke so they go to the halloween dance and it's funny because it's just like the teacher for detention and luke in there which is Mm kind of silly um but oh no what happens is carver picks up the daughter from the restaurant that's yeah because you cannot yeah because you cannot forget what he picks her up before David has a chance to get there yeah. because so they David leave. does go to the diner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, and David's shit. been shot, by the way. Remember, because he's limping. Yep. Yeah, he took he he caught a bullet, but he shows up at the diner after the daughter's already out there, and the friend of the daughter works at the diner also, which is the girl he David hooked up with at the party, correct? Yep, the same one, the one he fucked. And she's like, oh, hey, hey David, and he comes rolling in. She's not there. Like, oh, she left. And well, hold on, because the, <laughs> the daughter was telling the friend too, like, hey, David's like really weird and like all this shit. So we, she, she's she's kind of weary of him when he walks in, and he's just like, hey, is you know, is she here? And he's acting kind of weird and limping. And she's just like, um, she she just left, and she she's still talking. And you just see David give up. He's just like, ah, oh, screw it. And then he shoots her in the fucking chest. <laughs> and you're like, holy fuck. And then David turns around. And there's people in the diner, too, that just saw him do this. And he's walking towards the exit. And then he turns around and makes this fucking amazing face. Where he, Remember when he just grabs and he pulls out the two grenades from behind his back. <laughs> and he just makes this face of like. Yeah. And, and fucking throws Rolls them. Rolls them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then limps out of the restaurant or the diner just in time, and you hear people scream, and then it blows up. Cool guys, don't look <laughs> at explosions. Uh, that was my favorite scene in the movie. Holy shit! I mean, I mean, if that's not just the stereotypical badass, I don't know what is. Well, but it's it wor- that, but it worked, dude. It was so good. It's that, but it's also horrifying. That is <laughs> yeah. terrifying. Imagine just sitting in a diner, this guy walks in, shoots this one bitch, and then fucking turns around, smiles, and then rolls these grenades. Yeah. And walks and, out. And they're enjoying a Western omelet. <laughs> then you see your like hot waitress get capped. Then you go to like, oh, I'm gonna hurry up and finish my omelet and get out of here at this point. <laughs> and then before <laughs> then before you do, this guy's rolling grenades down the lane. Holy crow. I just hope that that Grand Slam breakfast went right to me and I was in the pooper <laughs> when he rolled those grenades. I'm pretty sure that whole place blew up, dude. So 
<laughs> that comical bit where like a guy's on a toilet and like it just the whole place yeah the whole place blows up but it only leaves you sitting on the toilet looking around like oh my god you're out yeah. in the open like if i walked out of the stall it's rubble <laughs> oh my god i knew it was gonna be bad but not that bad <laughs> so they're go- all right so back to carver and the daughter they're rushing to the halloween dance why they haven't called all the cops, I don't understand, but okay. Oh, that's right, because the Carver's some, there's something like, you know. Well, he's like a government experiment, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so no one's supposed to know. I don't so know. There's a, there's a little, yeah. Fine. So they get to the dance, and there's just Luke and the teacher. So they show up, and, they, and it's like a Halloween maze kind of dope Halloween set with fog and everything else going on. Look um, awesome. And... The daughter tells Luke what happened, and he's just kind of like, no, not not David. David wouldn't do that. So they start trying to find a way out, and that's when the teacher gets killed by David. Um, and then the, the two kids run off and hide, and then Carver gets killed by David. So now it's just the kids left. And Luke's hiding, and um, his sister just says, you know, don't, don't come out or whatever. And then... This is actually actually my probably favorite scene of the whole movie. This and is it, really good. The fucking music, dude. Because uh, David takes the mix CD that the daughter gave him. Yes. And he puts it on the stereo system, and it starts playing in this song that plays. It's called Antonio. It's like, oh, it's so fucking perfect. And he's walking through, and he's got his uh, razor blade and a gun. And he, he is walking through the fog. And then he, he walks up to um, a, the pair of the girl's boots just sitting there and he realizes he's been tricked and he turns around and the daughter's got a gun. And doesn't he say – what does he say something? Or does he say something then? Well, remember, remember remember right before that, <clears throat> a cool scene where uh, Dave is looking for Luke and he's saying, come on, like, you know I would never hurt you. Like, I wouldn't hurt you as – I thought that was really You're good. my buddy. You're my buddy. Because think about it. Luke was just who in this short amount of time was kind of looking up to him as a big brother who taught him things, gave him this knife, which we'll get to, uh, protected him from these bullies and beat up all his bullies and whatnot and taught him things. And he and even told David things that he probably shouldn't have. But hey, like, you're, like, you're, you're my friend. I went like you like I won't like turn my back on you. So him, kind of David, walking through that, it's another part of the movie that made you think, like, oh, my God, is Luke going to – because it set it up as if Luke might be the type to, like, I'm here. I'm right yeah. here. Like, maybe he, maybe he, he would trick him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's so subtle. But anything that makes you think like that is is – very very well done so i i love that whole thing but yes it to pick it back up where you left you left off now the daughter has i think it was her name anna does that sound right we'll go with it let's let's call her anna if we're wrong we apologize i I will rewatch this movie i want to i really want my wife to watch this um so anna now has a gun on david correct yeah and i don't know if he says anything but she shoots him in the shoulder. He goes down in the fog. You don't see him. Um, she takes a moment to collect herself, which I like. Like, she actually processes, like, holy shit, I just shot somebody. Yes. Um, instead of just being like, you know, 
typical. It's it's nice. So she starts walking up, trying to find him in the fog, and that's when she finds his boots. Or right, like well, his... what happens to where? Who did he say like you did the right like you did the right thing like that's, he gave that's coming props. Up. That's okay. coming up. Okay. Um, so she walks up and doesn't find his body, and she's like, oh, and then she gets fucking stabbed in the leg, and goes down, and David starts that's choking right. her. That's right. And he's choking her, and he's like, it's almost over. And that's when Luke stabs Ooh. David in the back with the knife that David had given him. And David stands up and, like, turns around. And now he's been shot twice, stabbed in the back. And he's like, ah. And then before he can do anything, Luke stabs him again in the chest, I think. Yeah, stabs him straight on. And then that's when David falls down against, like, some hay. And the fog is just going everywhere and the music's still going. And Luke helps his sister up. Oh, um, somewhere in there, like, a shot goes off. So, like, it hits a thing of a lamp which causes some hay to catch on fire so there's like fire going mm-hmm. on in the background shit starts burning up and that's when david starts to die and he looks at luke and he's like don't feel bad you did the right thing i don't blame you uh, and he seemed what made that work is it seemed very genuine yeah yeah that's why this character works so well is david was like legit like Yes, you did the right thing. Like, even though he's sitting there like stabbed and shot and whatever, he's like, yes, you did the right thing. Like you were correct. You are right. That doesn't mean David's gonna just lay down and die and give up or whatever. But he's like, no, you, yeah, you did. Like, and he, you could, he portrayed that he meant it still. Yeah. And that's why. It, and he gives a thumbs works. up. <laughs> yeah, he gives a thumbs up. Good job. And then Good he job. dies, and or well, we see him. We think is him dying. He falls back, and the way the music revs up, yeah. right there, and the fire's going, and the brother and sister are just standing there, and the fog just slowly like. The fog covers. Up. He then you hear him shit himself. So then you really <laughs> think he died. <laughs> the fog starts to cover him, and like the gravestones are right behind him. It's so dope, dude. Like that whole atmosphere and the fucking setting, and the fact that it's Halloween, but it wasn't advertised as like a you know a Halloween horror movie. I they really did. love that it's just they randomly yes. Halloween. They didn't hit you over the head with it. It was just yeah. like a subtle. And then like in the house, there was pumpkin decorations and stuff. And they no, never pointed out. It's never like, hey, why don't you come outside and help me blow up this pumpkin inflatable? It, it didn't hit you over the head. It was very subtle. The atmosphere. I loved the settings, all the settings in this movie, by the way. Yeah. I thought it was great. So, but yeah. So now we have the police show up and we have the, they're in the back of the ambulance and the, the scene that we've. You, I guess you can say we've seen it in plenty of movies before it's, where... It's at the end of a horror movie. End of a horror movie. But it worked. And it was just like... And you have that feeling in your... You know, of, hey, it's over now. But it's not. Luke and uh, Anna are sitting there in the ambulance. And we see firemen coming out of the building. And one's limping. And, of course, we, like, pan up. And we see David's face behind one of the fire mat the fire glass masks mm-hmm. and he makes eye contact with anna and luke and they're just like eyes widen and anna just says what the fuck and then cut to credits yeah but is that not a great way for a mystery 
movie to end because it's... guess what? When those credits are rolling, did you immediately turn off your Netflix and stop, or did you think for a few minutes as a few names went by? I personally was thinking as names went by, like, I wonder what like could have happened. Do you think he ended up the story kept on as? Oh, that means he has to finish them off too, or did he actually like? Well, I don't need to kill them because my death's faked, and I'm going to continue on elsewhere. It had you asking questions during the credits for me. Well, what's nice is that, but also it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It doesn't matter. It does. Like the movie's over. And there, I'm sure there are some people who thought like, oh, that means there's going to be a sequel. It's like I don't think that's what the writer and director meant it to be. I think no. that was just their nod to like how horror movies end. <laughs> And also yeah. having a little fun with like he's not dead, like like you know like a horror movie villain like Michael like Michael Myers, and you know the Terminator. How many fuck? He's just some guy. He's not a robot. He's not. I think originally the director or the writer said they were gonna have him be a cyborg, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, oh yeah, me too. And that's why I love Descending too, because it's it's just a nice like little uh, homage to horror movies and the ending of horror movies and how the killer is usually unkillable. And it it doesn't matter what happens after the credits roll, but it's just nice. And I think it's obvious in Anna's last line, like what the fuck? (laughs) Because that's what we say about Michael Myers and Jason and how they just fucking never die. Cause it doesn't matter. They're just invincible. And much like David, why he is the way he is and his backstory, it doesn't matter. It, that's just like the to get our characters in line and set up what happens, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what's really cool about like we were talking about the family dynamic and the relationships he creates with all of them because when he starts killing them or trying to, it just you're 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 fucking all over the place because like you don't want David to win, but also you don't want the kids to die, so you want them to kill David, but you. So when he's alive at the end, you're also like, fuck yeah. Uh, man, I tell you what, it had me asking questions all throughout this movie, even during in the a credits. Good way. In a good way. Yeah, it wasn't like, wait, how did he get to there from there? How did uh, how did Jason get to New York from Crystal Lake when there's no lake? There wasn't any of those questions. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, oh, I wonder, it was like, genuinely curious questions of like, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, or how about this? And then some things they answered, some things they leave up to you. They had the perfect mix. They had the perfect uh, actor in this role. They had, I mean, I mean, obviously his, just the way he looked a very attractive guy with piercing eyes and didn't show him blink. He, just played the right amount of awkwardness and weirdness. He had a genuine like relationship with each person in the family. Uh, the order of the kills that he did all made sense. They didn't hit you over the head with, he's a cyborg who escaped from this robot army we were trying to make. They didn't overdo it. I thought there was like a line that they towed in this movie that was quite frankly amazing. I, 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 I I'm actually very surprised of how much I enjoyed this movie, and I I love th- I love this podcast so much more 
for th- reasons like this. I would have never watched this, dude. Yeah. I wouldn't have watched it. Maybe when your like recommendation, I would have had it in my queue. But to know that, no, not only did you recommend it, but you said that we're going to cover it. I have to watch it. And I'm sure there will be movies in the future where I'm like, you made me watch <laughs> the fucking The Nun or whatever the fuck it was. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I like genuinely like thank you for choosing this movie. I I can't recommend it enough. I like a lot of stuff. I think I'll be the I think you're going to be the harsher critic in most of these cuz I just I tend to like a lot of stuff. But this I really really liked and I thought they did a lot of things right with this movie. And I even like looked him up. I haven't seen anything else uh Dan Stevens was his name Dan Stevens Dan Stevens has done I know I guess he was Beast in Beauty and the Beast that remake or whatever Yeah he's he in Downtown, Downtown Abbey Yeah but uh I I thought he did incredible and I would love to see him in now from now on if I hear him, oh this is very off topic we're he's not going to cobbler cut. with Adam Sandler Ooh we're not going to cut this by the way but how do you feel about the reoccurring character of Rob Robert England in Stranger Things coming up? You, <laughs> I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm re- it's not just uh, a one-off; it's like cameo. It was a reoccurring character yeah, of yeah, like yeah. a crazy I was, person. Let's say this: I'm for me, Stranger Things season three ended perfectly. I was like, I do not want a season four. I still don't want a season four. But then they added I Robert England to the cast, and I'm like, I understand you got me. that. You got me. But I, I I think it's really tough to top Stranger Things season one when they were kids and shit like that like for whatever that that's the peak for me but when they added that character that you did a spoof off of and shit like that right. I thought that was amazing a lot of great stuff but Hopper and the addition of Robert England as a reoccurring like madman like locked up prisoner character or whatever I am so I was already in but I am so 100% in and I cannot wait for the future. I can't wait for Scream 5. I can't wait for Halloween Kills. How about the fact that it's called Scream and not Scream 5? That's pretty fucking annoying. They could have made the S in Scream the number 5. Or they could have made the V and the M like stick out more for 5, like a V. Instead, they or just they, call it Scream. Or they could have had Scream and then somebody, like, with their both their hands covering both their mouth with their mouth wide open so it looks like they're screaming. Or, like, a big a hand, like a scream and, like, a big hand behind it. It's like, a high five. <laughs> it just Anyways. starts off normal, then I try and drift into, like, what if they did this? <laughs> Anyways, guys, the guest... That was, that was a joke, by the way. I don't... I don't I, don't want them to do that. The guest but. is amazing. Um, a genuine find of a movie. Hopefully, if you watch it, like you don't get to the end and be like, what are these fucking guys talking about? Um, That'll happen with some people, no matter. Yeah, for sure. But I think this is a genuine, like, really great original movie that's obviously an homage to a bunch of different other films and ideas. But the filmmakers just went about it in like a really smart, really skillful, talented way that's interesting, pays off um, in ways that you don't really anticipate. And 
I think it's just a wonderful movie that's sadly been overlooked. I love it better than yeah. your next, the director, the guys, I think it's his first movie director or something like that. Your next. I wasn't a big fan of that one or the Blair Witch sequel reboot, whatever. But this, this to me is like a masterpiece sincerely. Well, how about this? Usually towards the end is when we do this, where we give our, and we kind of start off kind of letting people know where we stood with this and how much we liked it. So since we already kind of gave that away, judging by our past episodes of movies we have covered so far, would you say the guest would be more rewatchable and that you like more than most of the movies that we've already covered? I guess that can't be the case because we've covered some. I'd have to imagine you like this movie more than Halloween 2018. Obviously. <laughs> I'd have to imagine you like this movie more than Leprechaun. Yeah. I'd have to imagine you like it more than Microwave Massacre. Let me say this. <laughs> I skipped over Freddy vs. Jason, Scream, Blair Witch, because I think you might... Deep Blue Sea, I know you have a thing for, and Evil Dead. I, <laughs> I, I like this more than Deep Blue Sea. Whoa! Holy yeah. shit, dude. I Let me say this, too. Um... Obviously, Freddy vs. Jason is a fucking amazing, like, fun horror movie. From a filmmaking, like, you know, because we're filmmakers, quote, quote. Um, from, like, a filmmaking perspective, this movie has had a lot of influence on me in the short amount of time that I've known it. Wow. Uh, just because, like, dude, just the way they set it up and the way they just don't care about certain things, like the backstory, because it's just not important. It, it's really inspiring to me as a screenwriter and a filmmaker to realize like you don't have to have those fucking things in your movie to make it work you know like trust the audience to have an imagination or trust them to make their own uh their their own movie in their head with what you're presenting them and i, I like that a lot uh and that scene at the end the whole scene in the at the halloween dance with that music it was just i don't know it was one of those things where like i got goosebumps watching it I was just like, this is why I love filmmaking is this right here when something just sticks with me. Uh, so that's why when I won the trivia and you're like, what movie? The guest was top of my fucking list. I said, hopefully Jeff will think it's a horror movie because uh, I think I definitely think it is. And yeah, I think so, too. We needed to talk about it. And I'm glad you liked it. I was really like going back and forth i'm like i think jeff will like it i think he'll get it um but. man i yeah to close up i really really like this movie and to the point where i i wanted to rewatch it ever since i'd watched it i wanted i want to watch it with someone so i really wanted to watch this with my wife it's just very difficult work is crazy right now and obviously i have two very young kids but yeah once again Thank you for picking this movie. I can't recommend this movie enough. And a little off topic, I'm going to be genuine here. Dylan, and I pick on him quite a bit. Dylan is looking very, very handsome to me right now. He's got a good shave on. His hair is fluffed there. He just ran his fingers through his hair. He's got, like, I like his glasses. He is looking handsome. They're new. He, 
I have noticed. Well, I'll be damned. Dylan is looking like a handsome boy. He looks, dare I say, he looks a little lighter to me. I don't know if it's the hair that's flopping over, but you look good, kid. Lighter, like skin tone or like weight? Weight. Oh. (laughs) Your face? I don't. It could be the shave. It could be the shave. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie to you, but you're looking good, dude. And uh in about a month dylan and i plan to do our first podcast live in person we're going to be across from each other he's going to visit and i can not wait but let's not drag this podcast out this by the way this is one of the earliest podcasts that we've done as far as we usually do our podcast you know 9 10 11 at night but um we're going to start our trivia portion, Dylan. Hey, real quick. The... How badass is that fucking picture you've got? I know you guys can't see it listening, but of Dan Stevens in the background with that gun. Oh, it's the shit. Yeah, every every podcast we do, I do I put up a background of whatever movie that we cover because it helps me find the file when I edit. So I just have a photo behind me right now of Dan Stevens like holding a gun with a complete red background, and he just looks like a handsome... Talk about if we ever redid Sickos... The Patriot right there, oh, my friend. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Hey, you know, if you leaned just a, it looked like he's aiming the gun at your head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, was a, oh, that was a video uh, visual joke there that you won't get on the podcast. But, if you um, go to our Instagram at HorrorFlix. We might have podcast, to post that, yeah. We'll post that there. All right, so... So, Dylan, uh, full disclosure, you know what I feel about uh, dating these episodes. But this time, we're going to be a little more free. This will be our last podcast of November, the guest. So, we're going to put a caveat on the trivia portion of our show. Dylan, if you get three or more of these questions correct... You get to pick the movie. If you don't, I get to pick the movie. Here's the caveat. No matter what, we have to pick a horror Christmas movie. Because for the month of December, I want to I want to cover Christmas horror movies. Um, I'm experiencing my own horror right now because my cat, Laura, is just meowing at the door like crazy. I'm sorry. But, look, one day we'll be more professional. I don't have a, a legit studio. But that's the caveat, Dylan. I don't know if you have a movie in mind already. But if not, you're going to have whatever movie pops into your mind, that's what I've we got to go I'm, with. I'm, I've got two. I'm going back and forth in between my head. But... Um, I'm going to wing it because I'm always very confident you're going to get these. But here we go. The guest, we both both recommend. We both love it. Please watch it. It's on Netflix right now. But here we go. Dylan, well, right question. Right now, as of <laughs> when we're, right. when we're it, could, it could not be on Netflix by the time you listen to this. Depending well, here's on the, what year it is. Yeah, I was about to say, as of December, but we're not in December yet. Full disclosure. Hey, look, if you're listening to this and it's November 2020, it's on there right now. Find it. If not, come on. Amazon Prime probably has it for $2.99. We'll go watch it. 
Yeah, this is. I would say this is worth the money to rent it. But let's yes. do the trivia. Here we go. Horror trivia by Endless Games. I will have a new um, horror trivia, new horror questions coming eventually. I found another thing of cards, but right now we are still using Endless Games' horror trivia. I want to make that clear every time, just to let people know. Question one, Dylan. What horror television series was created by Ryan Murphy, who also created the TV series Glee? I know this. Dylan, I know you know it. Say it. American Horror Story. That it? That it? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I tried to space out a little bit, create something, but it was so obviously right you had it. All right. I was going to say, I was going to oh purposely say something wrong. Oh, uh, my God. Dylan, I think you're picking the movie next week because uh, here's the next question. And whenever I know the answer, I know for a fact that uh, that Dylan's going to cock a smile and get this one. Dylan, what animal was Betty White's character feeding in the movie Lake Placid? <laughs> what was she feeding? What? Ca- yeah. What animal was Betty White's character feeding in the movie Lake Placid? She was feeding a cow to a crocodile. See, I see what you're doing. You're hedging your bets because the wording's a little weird. (laughs) I'm not accepting both answers. The the question's too easy, so you pick one. What animal was Betty White's character feeding in the movie Lake Placid? A crocodile. Incorrect. If you say alligator, that card's wrong. It says an alligator, dude. That's wrong, dude. Look up Lake Placid. Okay. It's a crocodile. This is the first time we've ever had to do this. I'm on Dylan's side, but I'm looking it up anyway. I'm sorry we have to do this, but this is the first time we've ever had to do this. And hey, Endless games, horror trivia. We're calling you out right now. Here we go. I'm looking it up right now. And three, look, here's, here's the description, Dylan. Three people attempt to stop a giant crocodile who is terrorizing residents in Black Lake, Maine. I said crocodile, and the card said alligator? Yes. So, you, my friend, are right. Oh, shit. Wow. Unless by some chance... Yeah, dude. Mm. I hear screams right now. This is all crocodile, dude. This card is wrong. Good Just thing I'm switching. Back to the company. I'm mailing it back. I'm saying it's wrong. Dylan, you're two for two. <clears throat> Here we go. You'd have to get both of these wrong. <clears throat> what legendary funny man duo encounter all kinds of classic monsters in their Meet the Monsters movie? Oh. Ha <laughs> ha
most confident O, followed by a silence. Evan Costello. Dylan, you are correct. You're three for three. You're picking the movie next week. we got to read the fourth question. And it looks like Dylan is going four for four this week. Dylan, what was Candyman's weapon of choice? Um, a, a hook jabbed into his, where his hand should be, his arm. A hook for a hand. Dylan, you are four for four. You've ran through these questions. It was no issue at all. What Christmas horror movie will we be covering for our first episode of December? <gasps> That, that was too much air I just took in. You uh, took way too much air. I, I think I... Oh, fuck. I think I really want to talk about um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent the Night, original. Deadly Night. Do you know what year the original came out? 1980... What? <laughs> <laughs> 1984. Fuck me! 1984? Yep. Another movie I have not seen. I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies. Not of the horror variety lately, admittedly. And I'm looking forward to this as a nice change of pace. So, if you're listening, <laughs> people, uh, and you haven't seen Silent Night, Deadly Night, I think it's only to rent on YouTube or like Google Play, somewhere somewhere in there, because that's how I had to watch it. The only other option, I think, is to buy the Blu-ray, which is kind of hard to find, or a DVD or VHS, but I think like YouTube, that's where I rented it from. Great. All right, well, I'm going to get on Amazon and see what I can find. Watch it be Dylan. available on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably on Amazon. My kid is screaming at the top of their lungs right now. I have to go take care of it. Dylan, Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's how we're starting. The it doesn't sound like it's going to be a silent night for you. Sounds like it's going to be a deadly night, though. <laughs> Some much-needed humor in a very humorless episode, I'd have to say. And hopefully we get that magic back with the next episode. Guys, we're out of here. <laughs>